the next stop, Sprawlcast. You're listening to Sprawlcast. My name is Jeremy Clausus, and I'm the editor-in-chief of The Sprawl. Sprawlcast is made in collaboration with CGSW 90.9 FM in Calgary. And we are broadcasting slash podcasting from Treaty 7 territory. Sprawlcast is a show for curious Calgarians who want a deeper understanding of the place they call home. We go deep to bring you stories that matter. Stories like this one. I think we feel like we've been let down by the democratic process. Our provincial government's framework has failed us. I think, unfortunately, a lot of people for a number of years had assumed that the town could always just say no whenever they wanted to. If we never had a choice, then why was this document ever even brought before council? Are we just a rubber stamp? Picture this. It's a sleepy October Sunday in Calgary, and about 20 people from Canmore are gathered in the swanky southwest neighborhood of Mount Royal. They're across the street from the mansion of Don Taylor, the Calgary businessman and philanthropist. Don and his son David are the majority shareholders of Three Sisters Mountain Village Properties, And Three Sisters is planning to build two new projects in Canmore that will nearly double the town's population in the coming decades. The controversy over these developments has been simmering in Canmore for decades. But on this particular morning, it's boiled over to Calgary, almost to Don Taylor's literal doorstep. And I asked these protesters, why are you here? Here are Karsten Hoyer and Zach Mills. We're talking about the last functional wildlife corridor linking Banff National Park to Kananaskis country. We are here because we are launching a campaign to save Gris Corridor, and we're calling upon Daniel Smith and the UCP to buy these lands. The protesters weren't the only ones who showed up that afternoon. There's five police cars here for this very peaceful vigil, (laughs) but... uh, Yeah, I was a little surprised to see uh, so many cops here. We come here in peace. This was pretty much what you would expect a Canmore protest to be. People quietly held signs, and I interviewed one person in a grizzly bear costume who did the interview in character as a bear. And what do you think is at stake for for you and your kind uh, if this development proceeds? What's at stake is our ability to find food and habitat and mates. So I need to be able to roam around my full territory. And it's really hard to do that when I try to walk through the valley, but there's houses everywhere. And I can't walk through their yards because they get mad at me. They chase me out of town. Uh, There's all these distractions around, like garbage cans that smell so good. And I kind of wander off my path and forget that I was on a mission to walk through this valley and go through the corridor. But the majority of shareholders who live here in this house, they're going to take that corridor away. Well, thanks very much. I didn't ask you your name at the start of this. (laughs) My name, I'm a grizzly bear. (laughs) Before we continue, let's do a very brief recap of the previous Sprawlcast episode. The main thing to keep in mind is that in 1992, a newly created provincial tribunal called the Natural Resources Conservation Board approved a recreational and tourism project for Canmore. Here's Chris Olenberger, a prominent Calgary developer. His company, Quantum Place Developments, is managing the Three Sisters project. It was deemed to be a project in the interest of the province. And so it has an order in council approval from cabinet that says this project will proceed. You can hear more of that history in the previous Sprawlcast episode. This Sprawlcast series is a collaboration with the Narwhal, another independent news outlet that dives deep to tell stories about the natural world in Canada. Drew Anderson, the Narwhal's Prairies reporter, contributed research and reporting to this story. So let's get into it. To get the long view of the situation in Canmore today, I met up with Leanne Allison and Tracy Henderson. They're part of a citizen group called Bow Valley Engage, 
which has been opposing the Three Sisters' plans. Bow Valley and Gage organized the Calgary protest we just heard, and on a rainy December day, we hiked up toward the Alpine Club in order to get a decent view of the town of Canmore and see how it's grown over the years. On the way up, Leanne Allison, who's a documentary filmmaker, told me a little more about what it's like to live in the Bow Valley, and she emphasized how living with wildlife is a big part of the town's cultural identity. We're proud of coexisting with things like grizzly bears and wolves, and we've actually developed ways of doing that that are being shared around the world. A few years ago, Allison made a short film about exactly this. It's called Living with Wildlife. I think one of the biggest challenges in the valley, and it's been going on for over 20 years now, it's been going on since the mid-80s, is the constant change of the landscape itself within the Bow Valley. These are the opening lines to the film. Everybody's having to learn new things every single year, and that includes animals and how they move through the valley. The speaker is Jay Honeyman. He retired in 2022, but at the time, he was a human-wildlife conflict biologist for the Alberta government. You know, an example of that would be many years ago following a radio called Grizzly Bear into the Bow Valley here, and I remember sitting at a, at a corner waiting for her to pop out and to try to keep her from entering into a development. And I remember her popping out onto the edge of the forest and going up on her hind legs and looking around and what used to be a forest the previous fall was now completely gone and was just a, a big construction zone. And I, I just looked at her and it was like she was thinking, oh my gosh, what happened and what do I do now? Tracy Henderson is a veterinarian who used to run an organization called the Grizzly Bear Alliance. And as we hiked, she talked about the plight of grizzly bears, a threatened species in Alberta. We are what, what I used to call the extinction front, the eastern extinction front of the, the grizzly bears. Before the colonization of the west, grizzly bears roamed the prairies. But over time, they've been pushed uh, northward and westward. And we are now that front, the eastern slopes of the Rockies. Once we'd hiked up for about 20 minutes, we could look down and see the town of Canmore sprawled out below us. The Three Sisters' lands are on the south side of the Trans-Canada Highway, but as Tracy Henderson pointed out, the town has grown significantly on the north side in recent decades. When they were making a judgment call on the impacts of those lands, none of this existed on this side of the valley. So they were looking at a big open valley. And now, 2023, it's a whole different story. From up high, we could see the long stretch of the Three Sisters' lands extending eastward from the town. This is land that previously belonged to the Canmore Mines, which shut down in 1979. Picture this long stretch of land, divided into three sections. The middle is already built out with housing subdivisions and the Stewart Creek Golf Course. The future neighborhoods in dispute are on either side of this existing development. On the east side, Three Sisters wants to build a low-density neighborhood called Smith Creek. The west side is slated for a more compact, mixed-use development. That right there is the unfinished golf course. It doesn't look like much today, but when town council approved the Three Sisters Resort Center plans 20 years ago, in 2004, this golf course was a crucial component. The idea at the time was that the Resort Center project would be a health and wellness resort with this golf course alongside. It was agreed that that was even... Even though it was a golf course, a work would have been or was planned to be a working golf course, it was still good wildlife habitat. There was still a role for it, particularly in the, uh, in the off-seasons. The golf course was seen as a solution to a few problems. It was a light use on some of the most heavily undermined Three Sisters lands. There are old coal mine workings under the surface and the golf course could help salvage the wildlife corridor that had been rushed through in the late 90s. Here's retired provincial wildlife biologist John Jorgensen. You know, even though 
there's acknowledgement that that some of that corridor was probably not the best. We felt that because we had a, the golf course there, that golf course was going to provide a buffer between the designated wildlife corridor and any development that got built. But only 15 holes of the golf course ever got built. Work stopped around 2009 when Three Sisters filed for bankruptcy. That's the other thing to remember about this project. It's changed hands numerous times over the years. The current owners, Don Taylor and former Morgan Stanley executive Blair Richardson, entered the scene in 1999 when a company called TGS Properties bought the land. It morphed from there with Morgan Stanley buying the project in 2007. But then came the recession of 2008. Work on the golf course stopped. Three sisters declared bankruptcy, and the golf course has sat there unfinished since. Fast forward a few years. Blair Richardson, Don Taylor, and his son David repurchased the beleaguered project in 2013. And in 2017, Three Sisters went before town council with a new plan for the resort center development. Here's town planner Tracy Wojtanko presenting the plan to council. So I'm just going to give a brief background of what's proposed to change in the area structure plan amendment. Uh, So the biggest thing is the elimination of the golf course. Before this meeting, Three Sisters had made its case to the town. Golf was declining in popularity. And on top of that, there were already plenty of golf courses in the Bow Valley. The market was oversaturated. To build another golf course wouldn't be economically viable, the company argued. Three Sisters Golf Resorts was the company that originally got provincial approval from the NRCB in 1992. That project was going to have four golf courses along with six hotel complexes and some residential development. But now, 25 years later and under different ownership, Three Sisters was ditching golf. Now the company wanted to build housing and resort accommodation on the golf course. This did not go over well with council. Let's listen in to that 2017 meeting. We'll hear John Barrowman, the mayor at the time, followed by councillors Joanna McCallum, Esme Comfort, and Vi Sanford. There's a substantial change of use proposed for the golf course area in the resort center ASP. And I'm not of the opinion that such a dramatic change is beneficial to the community at this time. I think that this ASP, much like uh, the mayor has uh, stated, is fine the way it is. It's too much of a change from golf course to housing and resort accommodation. I was looking for a resort centre. And what I feel that we're being proposed here is another town centre. It's a town with a bunch of services to facilitate the people living there. Here's Sean Krausert, who is Canmore's mayor today, but was a councillor at the time. And I simply have no particular appetite for the level of development on the undeveloped golf course as is proposed. Um, I do not think that that's in the best interest of the community. Council unanimously voted no. That same year, in 2017, Three Sisters applied to the province to establish a wildlife corridor for Smith Creek. This is the other development the company was hoping to build, the easternmost one across from Dead Man's Flats, when the Natural Resources Conservation Board, or NRCB, approved the project in 1992, it required Three Sisters to map out wildlife corridors on its property and get them approved by the province before building. And this Smith Creek Corridor was the last piece of the wildlife corridor puzzle for Three Sisters. The Taylors and Blair Richardson had a keen interest in getting this done, even when they didn't own the property. In 2012, the court-appointed receiver for the project noted that Don Taylor and Richardson were working on the corridor issue as creditors in the Three Sisters bankruptcy. They brought proposals to town council, while the receiver kept the province up to speed. And they kept at it after they repurchased the property in 2013. 
But in 2018, the Alberta government rejected Three Sisters' proposed Smith Creek Wildlife Corridor because of concerns that it was too narrow in two locations. In 2020, the UCP government changed course in a sudden announcement that shocked local scientists, councillors and citizens controversial decision from the province to approve a wildlife corridor design nearly two years after it was first rejected by the NDP. Now the developer says it means work can finally go forward. Here's what Three Sisters co-owner David Taylor told CTV at the time. We massaged the data from the 2018 uh, decision that was put out by the province to meet their two needs. Long time coming, we're we're, we're happy with this. The Yellowstone to Yukon Conservation Initiative said that although the corridor was widened in those two spots, it was still too narrow elsewhere and that the decision had been made in secret. Here's what Y2Y Conservation Director Hillary Young told CTV in 2020. We feel like it's a a political decision. We feel like it is um, not reflecting current, up-to-date, Wildlife science. Three Sisters now had a wildlife corridor that ran the length of its lands. Rather than leaving a little more breathing room for wildlife with soft and permeable areas like the golf course, the province now required habitat enhancements for wildlife in narrow spots. Here's Rick Blackwood, who was an assistant deputy minister for Environment and Parks, speaking to town council in 2020 right after the province approved the corridor. We will look at places within the corridor and probably most likely in areas where the corridor narrows to try to see if there are ways that we can alter the vegetation or augment what is there in a way to help attract wildlife and help them to move through the corridor. Here's Chris Olenberger, Director of Strategy and Development for Three Sisters at that same council meeting. The previous concept that sometimes encouraged uh, conservation easement buffers like exists around the 2004 Resort and Center Area Structure Plan, that type of extra layering is no longer required because of the decision today. By this time, Three Sisters was also proposing to build wildlife fences around the new developments. Olenberger says it will be fencing similar to what you see along the highway in Banff National Park. The province also plans to start building fencing like that through Canmore along the Trans-Canada Highway in 2025. The number of incursions of elk wandering through the town and just hanging out by a garbage can or in somebody's backyard, we're going to cut that off. That's going to be a big culture shift for Canmore. Olenberger says using buffer spaces like the golf course was tried but didn't work. Because the humans, I think, didn't really respect the spaces that were identified to be used for wildlife. And it's a prolific problem throughout the entire Bow Valley. This has been a huge challenge in and around Canmore, managing the sheer numbers of people who are flooding not only designated trails, but also the wilderness around these areas. Not just people, but off-leash dogs too. And that's with an existing town population of about 15,000. Three Sisters is expected to nearly double that when it's built out. Here's former provincial wildlife biologist John Jorgensen. You can have a really nice wildlife corridor, but if it's overrun by recreationists, it's not going to be very effective. Jorgensen says the approved Three Sisters wildlife corridors might be adequate. If the human use piece can can be dealt with. But, you know, with the number of people that are living in the Bull Valley right now and the number of people that are going to be living in the Bull Valley once Three Sisters is built out, oh, man, I know there's people that I've worked with many, many years and they just said, this is just never going to work because the valley is finite. You can't. It is what it is. And all of the good wildlife habitat and all of the good wildlife movement areas have all been built over because they're basically in the valley bottoms and the corridors have been pushed up to the sides of the valley, up, up towards the steeper slopes. And you can only go so steep and there's no wildlife that's going to use those areas um, for movement. 
With its wildlife corridor approval in hand, Three Sisters came back to town council in 2021 with new plans for both developments. These areas made up about 80% of Canmore's remaining developable land. Here's Three Sisters owner David Taylor speaking to council. I have always said that I wanted to bring forward a proposal that is good for the community. If it's good for the community, then it will be good for Three Sisters Mountain Village. The town had a few concerns. One was the split between residential and non-residential development. The town's municipal development plan aspires to a split of 66% residential and 33% non-residential development when it comes to property assessments. The Three Sisters plans were more like 78% residential and 22% non-residential. More commercial development means more tax revenue for the town, but housing is generally easier and faster and more profitable for developers to build. In the existing Three Sisters Stewart Creek subdivision, approved by council in 2004, the housing was already more or less built out, while the commercial development had only recently started. In March of 2021, Town Council held an epic public hearing on Three Sisters' proposed area structure plans, or ASPs. It was a week of all-day hearings with more than 260 speakers, most of whom were opposed to the Three Sisters' plans. We'll hear local conservation biologist Sarah Elmaligi, this was before she became an MLA, along with William Snow of the Stony Nakoda Nations, followed by Corey Brewster, Jane Whitney, and Marlene Jones. Even the potential of severing an internationally significant wildlife corridor is enough to reject these ASPs, in my professional opinion. Wildlife is an important part of the Stony Nakoda history, spirituality, and culture. Can we not always see land as what we can develop on it, what we can extract from it, how we can use it for our own benefit? To see it possibly as Indigenous people see it, important for the survival of all species. Can we stop our insatiable desire for more? Empty homes do not promote the social fabric we voiced in our vision for Canmore. I don't want us to become like Aspen, Colorado. Of the 260-plus speakers, only nine listed themselves as in favor of Three Sisters' plans. All nine were connected to the building industry in some way, whether they were home builders, other developers, or consultants. We'll hear home builder Tim Logel, engineer Chris Connor, and real estate VP John Third. What I see in Canmore year after year after living there is that the demand for all types of housing is increasing, and recently it's dramatically increasing. This proposal is not mindless sprawl to pad a developer's pocket. It's a careful and considered development proposal on an extremely complicated site. Don't let nimbyism stop our community from continuing to grow. We can't allow those who are already here to close the door on those that wish to join and enrich our community. The last speaker of the public hearing was Three Sisters co-owner David Taylor. I will be honest that it has been difficult to listen over the past few days to so many people who have labeled us as greedy developers and portrayed us as speculators. And yet here I am feeling the need to defend myself, my family. We spent five years working to redefine these ASPs with input from the community. After our previous ASP was not supported by council in 2017. Taylor said there was more support for Three Sisters than it seemed. I personally have heard from many locals who have said they support the plans, but were concerned about the backlash they could face if they stepped forward. Canmorites and Three Sisters had sent clear messages to town council about what they wanted. And now it was in the hands of council to decide. Or so they thought. In April of 2021, Council voted on the Smith Creek plan, the one on the east end of town across from Dead Man's Flats. Three sisters had earlier pitched this to Council as an established community for locals. 
Smith Creek is intended to be a comprehensively planned, primarily residential neighborhood that will serve Canmore by providing a variety of housing options and commercial spaces to serve the daily needs of the community. Here's town planner Josh Welsh. So single family low density makes up 60 to 75% of this proposal. Council wasn't on board with this. Here's Councillor Joanna McCallum, followed by Mayor John Barrowman, Councillor Esme Comfort, and Councillor Jeffrey Hillstead. I see um, a residential footprint that will reflect trophy homes moving into the future, and I don't feel that that is the housing that Canmore needs. That is maybe the housing that people that live outside of Canmore might be interested in, but when I look at this ASP, I'm looking to see how I can fulfill the needs of, uh, of, our, of our present uh, population, and I don't see that that housing uh, would do that. I don't see that that uh, low density housing being that conducive to providing the uh, amount of uh, controlled affordable housing that I believe we, we need to see with all future development. So I won't be able to support this either. And with the, the potential urban sprawl and as Councillor McCallum put it, trophy homes that would be um, made, I don't think that that is what our community needs. Council voted down the Smith Creek plan unanimously. Next up in May of 2021 was the decisive vote on the more compact mixed-use development closer to town. This was the project that Council rejected in 2017, the one that proposed building housing on the unfinished golf course. The Three Sisters Village Area Structure Plan represents a resort application, creating an amenity-rich destination for people to visit, but also a community for residents of Canmore to call home. The Three Sisters Village ASP has devoted over 40% of the plan area to open space. Town admin challenged the notion that this was still a resort application. Currently, the land use bylaw and our municipal development plan stipulate that resort centers, which is what this development intends to be, are intended to be predominantly commercial. And so um, we view this development as predominantly residential. Council members were more enthusiastic about much of this plan. Here's Councillor McCallum. I appreciated the proximity of the compact area to existing development, the innovation hub, the hotel and commercial uses mixed with the various types of housing. I appreciate the recreational amenities and I feel that they were very well thought out. Even so, Council voted this one down too. Here are Councillors McCallum, Karen Mara, Vi Sanford, and Esme Comfort. I think that there were very some very valuable elements in this draft, um, but I would prefer uh, this draft to show a similar footprint as is seen in the 2004 ASP. Putting this much population up against a very sensitive wildlife corridor is a concern for me. As once said, you can always add more, but you can't take away. I have very low confidence in the new fencing plan. I think the placement will result in corralling wildlife that is trying to connect to the corridor from the river and the valley bottom. But I have to agree with my fellow councillors, I will not be able to support this and I'm, I'm sad about that. Only Mayor Barrowman voted in favour. So I'm disappointed, of course. I, I saw this as an opportunity to bring some balance to our community. In the summer of 2021, Three Sisters appealed Council's decisions to the Alberta Land and Property Rights Tribunal, or LPRT. This is a quasi-judicial tribunal tasked with resolving land use planning disputes in Alberta. The big question that the Land and Property Rights Tribunal set out to decide was this. Are the Three Sisters' plans consistent with the NRCB decision from 1992. All that the town can do on appeal is to make the case that the proposed development is not consistent with the provincial approval. This is Aaron Kaplinski. He's a University of Alberta law professor who researches property and planning law. And in this case, the town had a very interesting and powerful argument, and that is that uh, circumstances have changed dramatically in the decades that passed since the uh, provincial approval was, uh, was granted. The town argued that the NRCB approval was based on social, economic, and environmental evidence that was now 30 years old. And so, at the hearings, the town of Canmore lays out its case and says... 
Here's, here are the changes in terms of the fiscal impact, in terms of the wildlife corridor, the interests of the local indigenous peoples, uh, in terms of the transportation. And one by one, the tribunal examines these and reaches the conclusion that this proposed project, this proposed area structure plan amendment is consistent with the original approval that was given in 1992. The tribunal concluded that both area structure plans were consistent with the 1992 decision, and the tribunal ordered the town to go back and approve the plans. As a last resort, in 2022, the town then took the matter to the Alberta Court of Appeal. And in this case, the Court of Appeal said that there wasn't a clear error that justifies intervention. The debate at the Land and Property Rights Tribunal got to the heart of this issue. What's changed since the NRCB approved this project in the early 90s? A predominantly residential development would never go before the NRCB today. You have to feel for the town of Canmore that is now stuck, so to speak, with a project that it doesn't want, that is potentially transformative, certainly has a very significant impact. And the town says that development is not the development and the town is no longer the town. But the legal system is concerned with uh, finality, with reliance, with following processes, and not necessarily the substance of the decision. A decision from 1992 could not possibly reflect everything that we have learned since 1992. This is Sarah Elmaligi. She's a conservation biologist and the NDP MLA for the riding of Banff Kananaskis, which includes Canmore. Wildlife corridor science was very nascent in the early 1990s. I mean, we just were at the beginning of trying to understand wildlife corridor connectivity and ecology in that regard. Um, Same with the undermining. We didn't have the technology to truly understand the scope of the undermining. Uh, But we do now, you know, so it is very difficult to be beholden to a decision from 1992 and to pretend like we haven't learned anything since then. Local uh, development permits um, lapse after a certain time, um, and certainly uh, approvals given by provincial agencies can also have um, some sort of sunset clauses or or exit points or opportunities uh, to be revisited. And in cases such as this, it would be appropriate. But we can't judge now what the... Um, provincial agency had in front of it in 1992. While Three Sisters was waiting for the Land and Property Rights Tribunal to make its decisions, the company took its fight to another level. In December of 2021, Three Sisters Mountain Village, or TSMV for short, sued the town of Canmore and individual council members who had voted against the plans. Three Sisters alleges they acted dishonestly, maliciously, and with ill intent against the developer. The company's frustration in the document is palpable. Three Sisters said it poured $11 million into developing the two plans in discussion with the town, and that, based on its working relationship with town admin and guidance from council, it expected an approval. Perhaps modifications, but... It expected the plans to be approved. In their statement of defense, the town and council members called the suit an attempt by TSMV to intimidate Canmore and its elected municipal councillors to approve TSMV's proposed developments. They argue they were acting in good faith and within their authority. None of the allegations have been proven in court, but the lawsuit has made council members cagey not just the ones who are named in the suit, but the ones who got elected after council made those decisions. It does have an effect. It weighs into your decision-making process. It's not something that I can just ignore. This is Councillor Wade Graham. He was elected in October of 2021, just a few months after the previous council 
had voted down the Three Sisters' plans. There was very few people that were like, you know, we shall never develop up there ever. It certainly wasn't a position that I took. And I know there were a few people that were like that, but not, you know, not very many. We all knew the development was going to happen up there. It is happening up there right now. It has been happening up there for a long, long time under an approved ASP. <laughs> so to me, it was it was about how, and it's still about how. You know, it's one of those projects that started and stopped and began and fell apart, etc. Jeff Ma is another first-term councillor. He moved from Calgary to Canmore in 2012 and runs a local yoga studio. And like many people who have moved to Canmore in recent years, he was thrown off when he started learning about the scale and scope of the Three Sisters project. And I think what was being presented at the time, people were really scratching their heads like, wow, this is something that does not resonate with what I think this community should be. Um, there's a huge mismatch in values of what's being proposed with regards to the environment and what the community wants. Before they were elected, Ma and Graham helped start Bow Valley Engage. In the run-up to Council's decisive 2021 votes, they distributed lawn signs that said, Stop TSMV and they made videos on social media to galvanize opposition to the company's plans. Hey guys, it's me, Jeff Ma from Bow Valley Engage. And Wade Graham. So we're getting closer to the public hearing for TSMB's proposal on March 9th, so we thought it would be pretty helpful to give you guys some tips on how to speak at a public hearing. Less than two months after the new council was elected, Three Sisters filed its lawsuit. The situation was now very different than it had seemed earlier in 2021 when Bow Valley and Gage was celebrating the defeat of the Three Sisters' plans. It's like the Empire Strikes Back. You kind of, <laughs> you know there's going to be another episode. And so here we are. The town of Canmore appeared to be out of options after the Court of Appeal decision came down in October 2023. But some citizens were still pushing back protesting when Alberta Premier Danielle Smith came to town to speak at the Bow Valley Builders and Developers Association monthly luncheon. Not okay! Not okay! Not okay! We'll hear three protesters, one who gave her name as Mandy, Karsten Hoyer, and Robert Janes. This is so wrong environmentally. Climate change, the sprawl. For Premier Smith, you know, the whole Ottawa versus Alberta uh, uh, meddling line is in her mouth every day. Well, how about how much Alberta is meddling with the future of Canmore, right? So it's, it's a huge hypocrisy. Probably most of the places will be second and third homes for the world's elite because Canmore residents won't be able to afford them. Meanwhile, earlier in the fall, the Calgary Zoo announced that it had received a big donation from the Taylor family for its Canadian Wild Zone. Here's Henna Said reporting for City News. It's the Taylor Family Foundation that has brought back polar bears to the Calgary Zoo after a gap of 24 years. Don Taylor says he fell in love with polar bears on his first trip to the Calgary Zoo 80 years ago. I can remember there was a, uh, an iron cage and there was polar bear in it with a small pool. Obviously, the habitat, the environment uh, was not conducive to making the polar bear uh, comfortable. What we have here now is an ideal facility for polar bears. Canmore residents had plenty to say about this news. Here are Mandy and Lisa Downing. Taylor, the owner of TSMV, just made a transformative $11.5 million gift to, um, for the polar bear exhibit at the zoo. So he can spend $11.5 million to help people see captive polar bears in a zoo. And yet he can't do anything to protect this iconic Yellowstone to Yukon critical wildlife corridor for grizzly bears. They took a chunk of that property and made it into a conservation, wildland conservation. It could have, you know, it could do worlds of good for hundreds and hundreds of years. On October 22nd, about 20 Canmorites brought their grievances to Don Taylor's doorstep in Calgary. They gathered across the street from his Mount Royal mansion, which has wildlife statues out front, including one of a bear. 
That's the protest we heard at the start of this show. Here are Lindsay McLaren and Sarah Renner. I am very sad and very angry that a decision has been made that will that has been forced upon the Bow Valley that will change it forever. And it was done at the against the wishes of, of the communities out there. It doesn't serve our community and it doesn't serve our, our wildlife. And I think we feel like we've been let down by the democratic process. A couple days later, on October 24th, Canmore Town Council had another pivotal decision to make. Except it wasn't really a decision. Here's Mayor Sean Krausert. So here we are today with a court order compelling approval of these ASPs. This meeting was brief and at times emotional. It began with the councillors who were on the last council, the ones being sued, recusing themselves because of the developer lawsuit against them. That left it to the remaining four council members to vote. Here's Councillor Wade Graham. There would be serious consequences for an opposed vote. But I say that if we never had a choice, then why was this document ever even brought before council? Are we just a rubber stamp? If this is not our decision to make, then let those who it is make it. The province can and should answer to the citizens of this town. By voting against the ASP today, we would send it back to the province who continually insists on meddling in municipal affairs anyways, just like they claim Ottawa does to them. Yes, we would be charged with contempt of court, possibly spend time in jail. We may be fined. We could even be removed from office. Yesterday, I learned that even if I alone was to vote against this plan, I would be added or could be added to a $161 million lawsuit and it would be strengthened by my dissension, even if the ASPs passed. Councillor Jeff Ma voiced support for his silenced colleagues. And I feel that council made the right decision. In response, TSMVPL sued the town and that council personally for $161 million. And this lawsuit continues to hang over each and every one of them and us as well as Canmorites. He also expressed dissatisfaction with the decisions of the Land and Property Rights Tribunal, or LPRT. A group of appointed individuals with no personal connection to our community's challenges now held decision-making power that surpassed Canmore's elected representatives. The public hearing had been silenced. All of the complex issues of our community, the real, on-the-ground, day-to-day challenges that we face, were now dismissed under the simplistic, myopic lens of property rights. Affordability, the environment, wildlife connectivity, truth and reconciliation, climate change, social justice, inclusivity, meaningless compared to property rights. Our provincial government's framework has failed us. The NRCB decision has failed us. The LPRT has failed us. It's a dark chapter for Canmore, but I believe this is a long story with much still to be written. Mayor Sean Krauser said it was time for a new chapter. I do have a concern about the process being labeled undemocratic. I may not like it that we don't get to have discretion on absolutely everything, but those are the rules put in place by the provincial government, and we are created by the provincial government. Tanya Foubert, another first-term councillor, also said it was time to move on. We are a municipality. We are not an independent city-state. I believe that by going to the Court of Appeal and by pursuing all of our legal reasonable options, um, that we have taken it as far as we can. All four council members voted to approve the plans. Some wondered if council's decision would compel Three Sisters to end its lawsuit and begin mending relationships. They were wrong. The next week, Three Sisters owner Blair Richardson took out a full-page ad in the local paper, the Rocky Mountain Outlook, with an open letter to the residents of Canmore. He condemned the quote-unquote immoral protesters who had gathered in Calgary and said police had to attend to ensure the safety of the tailors. As a fact-checking aside, I was there and can tell you that at no point did I see any danger to the tailors' safety. In any case, Richardson had more to say in his open letter. 
It is time for the town's long-standing efforts to thwart Alberta law to end, he wrote. And he brandished the threat of the $161 million lawsuit again. When this matter is resolved, Richardson wrote, it could have the potential to severely impact the financial stability of the town and residents' tax obligations. The letter was long and littered with spelling mistakes and had a Gmail address at the bottom. Many in town were flabbergasted. It reinforced everything we had been talking about as a community in like bold letters. At the next Bow Valley Developers Association luncheon on November 9th, local developer Frank Koenig had some words and a certain book for Chris Olenberger of Three Sisters. The book Koenig had in hand for Blair Richardson was How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Three Sisters did its best to distance itself from Richardson's letter, saying it didn't represent the company view. I think um, some of those things are moments in time versus the longer-term process of rebuilding and moving forward. We've had people protest at one of our shareholders' homes here in Calgary. They're upset. They, we need a way to express how frustrated and upset they are. I think, really, the, sh- the letter from one of our shareholders should be also put in that light. I think he was frustrated in that a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of energy has been focused in the wrong directions, and he really wants it to be much more productive. In November, with the decisions all made... Local MLA Sarah Elmaligi raised the Three Sisters issue in the legislature with Municipal Affairs Minister and former Calgary City Councillor Rick McIver. In 2021, Canmore residents and businesses participated in one of the longest public hearings in Alberta history. For six days, citizens spoke overwhelmingly against the proposed Three Sisters Mountain Village development. This led the town council at the time to reject it. In response, TSMV Properties took the decision to a UCP-appointed tribunal that ruled in favour of the developer. A provincial body forced the town of Canmore to approve an unwanted development. Can the minister please explain to the community of Canmore why the decision made by their elected town council? The Honourable the Minister of Municipal Affairs. Well, thank you, Mr. Speaker. As the uh, Honourable Member is probably aware, the LPRT uh, made a proper ruling. The, uh, in fact, the town then took them to court and the town lost. So, Mr. Speaker, the Honourable Member might have an issue with the judge's decision as well as the LPRT decision, but on this side, we respect the rule of law. We expect we respect the decisions of the court. significant housing crisis and businesses struggle to attract or retain workers because of a lack of housing and given that young people frequently live in their vehicles because they can't find an affordable place to live and given that this government has done nothing to build much needed housing and given that this this development also does nothing to address the housing crisis in a meaningful way. Can the minister explain to the residents of Canmore how the province can allow a development like this to proceed when it doesn't even address the residents' primary concerns. The Honourable the Minister of Municipal Affairs. Mr. Speaker, I guess the real question is, how can a member of this House stand up and rage about the lack of housing in one question, and right after, right before that, raged against a project that was going to provide thousands of homes, which is... Which is it can't be both. Homes. They should actually decide because Albertans need to know. On this side, we're in favor of The exchange between Elma Ligi and McIver raises an important question about affordable housing. In 1992, Three Sisters co-owner Richard Melchin said, The most fundamental commitment that I can make is that we will dedicate a significant amount of land to lower-income housing if our project is approved. Three Sisters indicated that it expected about 70% of the units to be for locals who lived in town permanently, and about 30% to be second homes. The NRCB decision says that in 1992, Three Sisters stated that about half of the project housing would be, quote, relatively low-cost apartments, condominiums, 
multifamily units, and single-family units on lots less than 50 feet, end quote. Here's what Chris Olenberger told town council in February of 2021. Both area structure plans have policies that require 10% of multi-residential units contain affordable housing units. It's pretty common for developers' generous promises of affordable housing to fade into something much less ambitious. But Olenberger says that's not the case here. So what is actually in the NRCB decision is relatively lower cost forms of housing. So it didn't actually say, here's the price points. It talked about having smaller homes, multifamily homes, uh, the ability to have people because, you know, obviously the difference between a single family house and a multifamily apartment building is significant. The cost of the land is shared, the cost of the infrastructure is shared, things like that. But the word forms was lost in a lot of conversations that occurred within Canmore. And so people would pick up this torch, forget the word forms, and say, well, they promised us 50% affordable housing, and now it's down to 10, when it's actually a very apples-to-oranges comparison. The Land and Property Rights Tribunal said it's clear that the NRCB did not intend for the project to provide 50 to 60% affordable housing in accordance with current perceptions, in other words, below-market housing. The tribunal added that it expected more supply to ease pressure on housing prices. There really truly is a housing crisis throughout Canada, in Alberta, and I would say acutely within Canmore. Um, We've lost a number of years of actually adding to supply. There's a number of factors that are part of the housing process within Canada, and they all have nuances depending on location. But in Canmore particularly, because there's such a limited footprint, if there's no supply, if there's no housing being built, well, guess what happens to demand? You know, the reality is, is that Canmore is on the footsteps of Banff National Park and that there's a high number of people that say, I'd love to live there and drive back to Calgary two to three days a week for meetings and then still live in Canmore. You can see a lot of people doing that on the highway even today. So I think um, having that clarity of the court decision in the LPRT, I think has been a reset moment for both the town and Three Sisters of the rules of engagement are known and let's just focus on what we're supposed to be focused on at this point. But even with all of this decided, the saga still wasn't over. December of 2023 brought more news. A controversial development on the eastern edge of Canmore faces renewed opposition, this time from the Stony Nakoda First Nation. The Stony Nakoda Nations were suing the town of Canmore and the province of Alberta for approving the plans. The Stony Nakoda say the Three Sisters' plans will further encroach onto their traditional territory, stress an already fragile environment, and further fragment wildlife habitat. They also bring up the issue of what has changed since 1992. The constitutional requirement to consult Indigenous groups was not judicially established until after that. William Snow is the consultation manager for the Stony Nakoda Nations, comprised of the Chinookee, Bears Paw, and Good Stony Nations. Snow declined to be interviewed for this story, but spoke at the 2021 public hearing about the nation's concerns. Culturally important species, like grizzly bears, have an important role in stony society. Most wildlife studies approach an understanding of wildlife from the Western science perspective, while little is written or understood about wildlife from the traditional knowledge perspective. Because this perspective has not been understood or taken seriously, we're running the risk of constructing or operating a development that is culturally inadequate, inappropriate, or both. The bylaw for the Three Sisters and Smith Creek applications should be denied. Consultation with Stony Nakoda should be done properly and meaningfully. A lot has changed since Canmore was established as a coal mining outpost in the 1880s. Here's former town planner Josh Welsh. But the reality that we have today is like we've, we've really ex- replaced one extractive industry, coal, with another. <laughs> housing and tourism. Um, And some could argue that the latter is more intractable. 
Um, because once you build the roads, once you bring the people, once you build the houses, um, you can't really take them away. Here's local publisher Christy Davison, who started the independent website Canmore Commons to document development in the Bow Valley. We have turned down much smaller footprints than this. The biggest one ever just got fully approved. Like, that is devastating. They got so much. Which brings us back to that unfinished golf course. This plan includes developing every square inch of that golf course. That is the symbol of, of everything went wrong with this. Because any we people fought tooth and nail to get that golf course be a buffer zone and then and we're willing to say okay the town was willing to say okay you can develop this 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 and this but you have to leave this we fought so hard for that and this plan erases that entire fight it's all just going to have how have there's going to be nothing left for the animals in that space done like that's hurts here's canmore mla sarah elmaligi the whole TSMV development from the very beginning is an example of provincial overreach that the town has never truly been able to uh, accept at face value and has constantly been trying to work on to create something that they can live with. Um, and now and now we're where we are, and, uh, and it's very frustrating for a lot of people. Here's Chris Olenberger of Three Sisters Mountain Village. Maybe in hindsight... This, this crisis moment should have come sooner. It might have led to some angst being lowered in the town to this point now. Because I think, unfortunately, a lot of people for a number of years had assumed that the town could always just say no whenever they wanted to. And that led to this tension that would just keep going back and forth where three sisters would say, oh, we have this provincial approval. And there'd be people in the town saying, yeah, but we can still say no. So the focus... I think will shift, and I think relatively quickly, from instead of talking about if the project should go forward, which was a mistake for many years to have that as the focal point, to how does the project move forward and what does it look like within the boundaries of the developed area now that the wildlife corridors are set. I really don't think this is over. I don't think it's a done deal. This is Hillary Young, the Yellowstone to Yukon Conservation Director. I know the community is mobilizing and there's hundreds of residents and visitors who really care about this issue, who have, who have not let it go yet. I would love to see um, the development itself shrunk. And for some of the land that is really in sort of incurring into that, um, the wildlife corridor to be given back to the town or given to the province or somehow uh, not developed. The Stony Nakoda nations and Bow Valley and Gage are calling on the province to do a new environmental assessment for the two developments. But whatever happens from here on out, Three Sisters Mountain Village, or TSMV, has made a mark on not only the town's geography, but also its culture. I think it's really interesting to see what, what, has, what has come of this saga, right? Like, I went to an open mic night the other night, uh, just, a, just a local arts place community open mic night. And somebody started singing a protest song about TSMV. <laughs> I was really uh, taken back about it. The courts affirmed your property rights, but what you're doing, it's all wrong. Your money will all be in the bank by the time the bears are all gone. And it ain't right, and we're not gonna take it. You can take your lawsuits and shove them up your ass yourself. What do you tell your grandkids when they say, hey, Gramps, where'd all the grizzly bears go? When they say, hey, Gramps, where'd all the grizzly bears go? End of line. Thanks for listening and see you again soon. listening to Sprawlcast. My name is Jeremy Clausus and I'm the editor-in-chief of The Sprawl. And this is the second episode in our Three Sisters series. Make sure to check out the previous episode if you haven't already. For this series, I collaborated with The Narwhal, working with Drew Anderson, The Narwhal's Prairies reporter. You can read Drew's article about Three Sisters at thenarwhal.ca. 
You can also find a full transcript of this episode on our website at sprawlcalgary.com. And there are a bunch of other goodies on there too, maps, photos, and whatnot, so make sure to check it out. In this episode, you heard news clips from CTV and City News. The clip of Frank Koenig was from Greg Colgan and the Rocky Mountain Outlook. And the protest song you heard at the end was by Tracy Henderson. Protester interviews from October 2023 in Canmore were recorded by Mike Todd, who also edited this episode. Our theme music is by Dan Diagostino and Kenny Murdoch. Our C-Train narrator is Holly McConnell. Thanks for listening and see you next time.